Okay. Hello, hello, you beautiful, beautiful people. I am doing something completely new, something completely weird to me. Um, going Facebook Live on Godly Elements, going Zoom, and I'm recording it with another phone. And it's weird. I don't even know it's weird, but I'm trying to think because glory be to God. So my name is Chloe. I am an ambassador of God, Jesus of Christ, disguised as many things. Um, I haven't put myself out on social media for a little bit because I really haven't. Um, God, God put a stop to that little season. And so recently he had put it on me to do Bible study. Bible study, why? I don't know. Um, he gave me today. February 13th of 2023. Why? I don't know. Um, originally, I was going to do it at 8 p.m. MST, Mountain Standard Time. And then earlier today, um, it was like 7, 7, 7. So it is 7 Mountain Standard Time. And last Sunday, two weeks ago, two Sundays ago, a week ago, um, God had put it on, God was giving me a bunch of scriptures. Right, he was giving me a bunch of scriptures. So I was writing all of this down in church because the church I go to is spiritually dead. I still go there because my grandfather has attended there for over 20 years. And through that church, I was um, shaken and spoken to by God, by one of the pastors that is no longer there. So Pastor Joey, um, shout out to you. He's through Facebook and he is no longer there. However, my church is spiritually dead because there are many people with cancer that um, only believe in God for that day of the week, I feel. You know, I feel like many people go to church just for that one day, that one, two hours of that one day of the week, and um, they think they're good. You know, that's what I used to think. I'm going into this, but that's that's what I used to think. I used to think that because I went to church, I was good, you know, like I was good. I, I was a Christian. And so what's it called? Um I I'm I'm gonna upload my testimony. I had taken it down from YouTube because I had put it on my website. So I was trying to get people to go to my website, and then I took it down off of my website because I did not cover the people that had hurt me the bible says that love covers a multitude of sins and most definitely put out other people's sins because they had hurt me and didn't cover them in love and so um god had me take it down so i need to record that i'm going to do that about thursday but bible study so every monday from now on 7 p.m mountain standard time i'm going to be going live on facebook um, Zoom, and then I'm going to share it to my YouTube and podcast. So however you want to receive the message, you are most definitely going to be able to. This week's Bible study is called Milk and Honey. Why? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. You know, I'm telling God, just give me a bunch of scriptures. And um, essentially, Jesus Christ is the light of the world, right? Through Jesus Christ, we can have rivers of milk and honey flowing through us. So I'm going to open in with Psalms 1. 1 through 6 King James Version. Blessings on the godly 
Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his light is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall also, also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation for the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. When, after God had given me all of these scriptures, that was the verse that kept popping up in my head, right? That the godly are like a tree planted by the riverbed. You know, we will never thirst because we have God's living water flowing from our hearts. And if you know anything about plants, the more that you shake a plant, like a vine, right? Jesus is the great vine. So the more that you shake a vine, the more you will strengthen the leaves, the more you will strengthen its roots. We know that stepping into covenant with Christ will bring trials and tribulations. We know that stepping into covenant with Christ will bring oppression, will bring these things that are uncomfortable because we're being shaken. And as we're being shaken, all the dead leaves on our personal tree will fall off. As long as we remain connected to the great vine, which is Jesus the Christ, we will remain. You know what I mean? And it is so. Um, there's this one song that we sing in church, or that this this new song that they actually um, put in church and it's talking about the harvest. You know, it's biblical that the earth is the land. And when Jesus comes back, he is going to come with his sickle and he is going to come for the harvest you know we are his first fruits however in order for us to be his first fruits we have to be producing fruit in the first place the bible says that the fruit of the godly are of the holy spirit you know this is in um, galatians it's love um, kindness meekness galatians 5 23 but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which is patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, right? So it's singular. It is fruit. It's a characteristic of this one fruit. So as long as we're bearing fruit, we know that we have good leaves. We know that we have a good structure. We know that our roots are being planted by the riverbed because our fruits are year round. And even in the scripture, it says, where is it? And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Many of us have been going through seasons of God shaking us, of God shaking us and all of our rotten fruits falling of all of our dead leaves falling and it hurts us because it seems like we're brittle. It seems like we're flimsy when truly God is trying to strengthen us because truly only God can strengthen us, you know? And when he knows that we're ready, we will be able to produce this fruit. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The Bible says that he who puts his hands on the plow and looks back is not worthy for the kingdom of God. We know Lot's wife, they were told not to look back from Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed. 
And Lot's wife looked back and she was turned into a pillar of salt. The devil will remind us of our past. The devil will remind us of the things that were easy. Being in covenant with Christ is not always easy, but it brings understanding. It brings peace that surpasses all understanding. You know what I mean? I know a part of my testimony is that I was a stripper. I was a prostitute. I was doing all of these malicious things that I just disgusting to even look back on in pictures or videos most of which I had to delete you know there's this one trend going around where um that one song where so like the devil thought he had me but Jesus said you're mine and people put pictures and videos of them living in sin and then after Christ and it doesn't agree with my spirit because when I look at my pictures and videos of when I was in that lifestyle it grieves me now you know, even though I didn't see anything wrong with it then, it grieves me now. And it's sad because that's the type of lifestyle that is praised right now. That's the type of lifestyle that is most wanted. That is the type of lifestyle that will come with a lot more than what people will see you pay for. Everything has a price. Everything has a price. And many people are depressed right now. Many people are going through struggles. Many people are going through seasons in their lives where they don't want to let go of their situation because they feel like they can handle it. That was my testimony for a little bit. I was used to handling everything on my own to where it was hard for me to let go and give it to God. Many people are in that season of their lives right now where they feel like they have to do something they feel like they're the man of their, of their household. And things are failing and they feel like they can still do something to build. But if you're not building on the rock, if you're not building on Jesus Christ, it will fall for you are building on sand. And when the wind comes, everything will fall. Unless you are building on Jesus Christ, unless you are building on the rock, unless you are building on solid foundation, when the wind comes around, you will stay firm. You know, you will stay firm. If you're not doing those things, you will fall. If you're not building on something that is stable, something that will never change, something that is the same yesterday, today, and always, it will fall. You know, it, it will fall. And God will not be mocked. There are many people going around claiming God, but not living for him. There are many people claiming God, but are not living his work. How is it that you can love God, but you have no reverence for being pleasing in his sight? How is it that your conscience is not wiped clean? You don't even have one. You don't even feel like you need to have your conscience wiped clean. Even biblically speaking, before Jesus, when the priests had to make a sacrifice for themselves and the people, their conscience was not wiped clean. It wasn't until Jesus did what he had to do, but he didn't want to, but what he had to do. And then his conscience was wiped clean. That's with Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of people have unforgiveness in them, but God says that he will forgive us as we forgive others. So if I can't forgive the people that have hurt me, why would God forgive me? You know what I mean? I, you know you're maturing in Christ 
when you gift something that someone loves when that person was the one that had caused you the most hurt in your past. When you give them something with love and you know that they love this one particular gift, you know that you have forgiven them because you truly want them to do well. You truly want to see them succeed and follow Christ, to find Christ. There are many people being pulled by him right now and their bones are weak. Their health is failing. Their spirits are dying. God wants to give us milk and honey. Honey, by the way, will never go bad. It never expires. Like, this is facts. Honey will never expire. It never goes bad. It really doesn't. So I'm going to just go through the verses that he gave me in the order he gave me. And then I'm going to just let Holy Spirit flow. Because I really don't, I don't have anything planned out, to be honest. Um, never really did, to be honest. Okay, so the first one is Revelation 2, 5. Again, I'm reading King James Version. 2, 5. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do not and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove the candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. This is talking to the um, church. I believe there's a John. Talking to the church in Ephesus, right? But this is Jesus talking. What Jesus is saying, like, look, whoever wants to follow him pick up, must pick up their cross and deny themselves, right? The Bible says that the righteous falls seven times but gets back up eight. God is saying, look, if you fall, go back to the basics. Go back to the basics. Do the things that you were doing to build a relationship with him in the first place. What does that look like reading your Bible? What does that look like praying more often, fasting? You can't get anywhere in the spirit without fasting. There's levels to this, you know? There's levels to this. And there's certain spirits that can only go away with fasting. We have the ability to clean all that out through Jesus Christ. We're not going to be able to do it alone. We can't rely on another person to do it for us. We can't change for someone else because... It just will not work. Jesus will never change. So why are we going to change for someone else? He will help us change into his likeness and image that he created us to be in the first place. But we are not to change for anybody else. We are to go into that pre-existing state before we fell. You know? Repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove the candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. What does that mean? The anointing, the fire. God has called many, many people, and they walk that road. They walk that road, and somewhere along the lines, they slowly stop filling their house the way that they did when they had first entered. When truly you were to fill your house even more as you elevate spiritually and so when you stop filling your house you will fall you must repent you must go back to the basic and do the things that got you in god's good standing in the first place speaking of i have a testimony on just that you know spiritual warfare is for real you know um and i wasn't filling my house 
I wasn't, I wasn't filling my house. When I had first came to Christ, I was fasting often, like once or twice a week. Um, I was reading the Bible at least every day. I was on fire for God. I was on fire and slowly the attacks became so great that instead of going harder in Christ spiritually, I would let my flesh take over, which would slowly kill my spirit. Right. And so recently, um, the, God has allowed many counterfeits to come into my life and they have been exactly what I would physically want. You know, they're exactly what I physically want. And God knows this. The devil knows this. You know, they're on assignment just like we are. And I almost gave up my celibacy. I almost gave up my celibacy because Holy Spirit was telling me this is not him. And I knew that. But my flesh had taken over. My flesh wanted something I knew was wrong for my spirit. And I almost gave up my celibacy in knowing a guy for one week. And in the night, that I almost gave up my celibacy. He was strong. He was strong, glory be to God, he was strong. And it did not happen, it did not go past PG-13. But husband, I apologize to you because God has told me who you are and I know you know who I am. And I still let my flesh get ahead of me. So I apologize. I've already apologized to God, but Repentance is going the opposite way. Repentance is cutting it off real quick and not doing it, not, not even coming anywhere close to doing it again. You know what I mean? And this is sober. This is sober. It's just that I wasn't filling my house. So my flesh had begun to take over. I didn't like it. I don't like it. So guess what I'm doing? I'm going back to the basics. You know what I mean? I feel like the whole perfect... The whole timing of the Bible studying everything is just perfect. Of course, God's timing is perfect. All things work together for the greater good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. This is Romans 8, 28. And so it's not going to be a straight path when you decide to pick up your cross. The thing is, you follow God's light on our path. Because we don't know what's in front of us. We may trip because we're looking somewhere else. We may trip because we get distracted. We have to continue on our path. God will make us straight. Well, our path is most definitely not straight. Oh. Second one is 119.105. Mm. 119.105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. <laughs> oh. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now I had mentioned that I wasn't in my word. I wasn't fasting. I wasn't, I was praying, but that's not enough. That is most definitely not enough. You know, sometimes not even reading the Bible 
without the spiritual understanding is not enough at all. You know what I mean? So the more John 1, 1, the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So the more that we know what he says, the more we know his character, the more we know the opposition of him, which is devil. You know what I mean? Matthew 5, 14. Matthew 5 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Somewhere the Bible also says that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Right? So everything is God's, everything belongs to Him. He created everything, right? Everything belongs to Him. Even though we don't assign ourselves to Him. You know, technically, the Bible says that without Holy Spirit, you're not truly his child. So even though he made you, you are not of him. So you are like your father, the devil, who has always been a liar. You know? So without Holy Spirit, you are not truly of God. Without, without confessing that Jesus is Lord and believing in him, believing that he rose on the third day and died for your sins, you will not go to heaven. And even if you are saved and in that category, you will not go to heaven right then and there. You will go to sleep. And in the day of the rapture, you will be the first one to awake and meet Jesus in the heaven, which is why we need to know our work. No, everybody that's dead is not in heaven. Nobody that is dead is in heaven, actually. They're either they're asleep. They're asleep while waiting the day of judgment. They're asleep. You need to know your word. Ye are the light of the world through Jesus. Jesus has to illuminate through us. How is it that the only when, when you light a candlestick, you place it high up, you don't put it under your bag, you don't put it in a cupboard. You know what I mean? God will exalt us through him as long as we fill up our house. We have to fast, we have to discipline our flesh, we have to stay in tune with Holy Spirit and truly live out what he said you know and it would be impossible it would be impossible for people to not know the difference of someone that claims christianity and another that bears a cross you know just because you wear one doesn't mean you you're carrying it john 1 1 in the beginning was a word and the word was with god in the word and then the other one was John 1 14 because a lot of people forget this one a lot of people don't even believe that Jesus is God which in fact John 1 14 and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth was that not Jesus Christ I mean, was it not? You know, in the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That is most definitely Jesus Christ. And then Mark, Mark 8, 34.
And when he had called the people unto him and his disciples also, he said unto them, whoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That was a Jew. You see? Okay. And then we're going to go into a little bit of Ezekiel because it is Bible study, right? So Ezekiel 34. Um, Israel's lack of shepherds. I don't even know what's going on in this chapter, to be honest. Let's read 34, 11 through 16. God will feed his flock. For thus said the Lord God, behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As the shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in a good pasture and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be and there shall and there they and there shall they lie in a good fold and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountain of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will cause them to lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and will bring up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and will feed them with judgment. God also says the first will be last and the last will be first. You know, God wants to feed us his peace. God wants to, God, Jesus is a king of all kings. Bothers me how people have an issue with people having money. God is a king of all kings. He is, he, Jesus came to bring life so that we may have it in abundantly. And yet people have an issue with people having money. The Bible says that love of money is a root of all evil. But it also says that money solves all problems. The Bible says that there are things that we need that God knows. You know, he knows we need a roof over our head. He knows that we need food. He knows that we need clothes. He knows that we need certain things in order to carry out his will. So, of course, he's going to bless us. But he has to get us in order first. He has to make sure that he can trust us. You know, I was, I was thinking about this earlier too. And let's say I have a friend. Let's say I have a friend and um, they, they were drug addicts. They were drug addicts and they were constantly in and out the streets. And I'm a business owner. So I'm like, you know what? They keep coming to me here, I need a job. But every single time they come to me and I give them a job, they steal money and go back to their cycle and it's repetitive, right? And so when they finally decide to really get cleaned up, it's gonna take a lot for me to trust them because they have to go to, through trial and error. You know what I mean? I have to see how they're gonna handle things and if they're gonna do the same way they did the other times or if they truly did change. Are they truly gonna carry my name since it's business with respect and as well as the business, you know, or are they gonna slander me and put down the whole business in general? You know what I mean? It's the same thing with God. 
God is in a lot of ways a businessman. There's a parable that says, um, I think it was a king or something like that, or I don't know, somebody had money, right? He had money and he gave it to three servants. He gave one, one, he gave two, like two, then he gave the other one five, right? He gave them according to how they were able to steward it, how they were able to handle it. And he went away. And two of them went and flipped it. They invested it and they made a profit. They made a return in the master's money. But the one with one was so scared of losing his money that he went and hid it. So when the master came, he was like, he called that person wicked. He called that person wicked because he didn't take what was given him and increase it. Right? How, how is it that you're going to build for the kingdom of God, but you can't even use the things that he's given you. You can't use the gifts. You can't use the talents that he's given you and build on it. We're supposed to learn his principles given in the parables and build on that. You know what I mean? That's something God has been putting me to teach, the parables, because I need to make sure I got it too. You know, many people do not know the Bible like that. The Bible is in itself a key. We, we shouldn't be gatekeepers when we find the key and don't let nobody else in. Because sometimes we're not going to be letting ourselves. You know, we're supposed to find the key to let others in so that they can find their own key and let their group of people and let their tribe in. You know, we're not supposed to just hoard it all to ourselves because God owns the cat on a thousand hills. And we are to be at a hill set on high. You know what I mean? So God will feed us in the same way that he leaves a 99 for the one. He's searching for flock. He's searching for stewards that can manage what he has given us. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has a talent. But how are you using it? How are you going to say God gave you a gift and or talent? You're not using it to glorify God. That doesn't make any sense. You know, the more that you have and use for God, the more God will give you. The master or the, and the master took that one coin and gave it to the one that had profited 10 because he knew, they knew how to work it up. You know, there's another parable where this man was um, lying on the books, right? He was a bookkeeper, he was auditor. And he was lying on the books and he was basically um, taking his master's money. And he found out. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to fire you, something like that. And the dude was like, you know what? I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to all the people that owed him money and receive that amount. And he made a deal with them and he brought in money to make up for what he had stolen. So he balanced out the books. You know what I mean? He balanced out the books and got the master money that he would have never had seen in the first place and balanced out the books. You know what I mean? How is it that God is gonna be able to trust us with more things if he cannot trust us with the little that he's already given us? You know, God says that if I could trust you with a little, then I could trust you with a lot. The Bible says that to whom much is given, much is required. It's not easy to really live out Jesus. It's not. 
but God rewards us. God rewards those that do because he knows how difficult it was. He knows to the point where he came in flesh and proved that it can be done. He was tempted on every level. The devil offered him the whole world. That's what people want nowadays, right? They want the whole world. But what shall it profit if it loses your soul? You know what I mean? That's the only thing that the devil has to offer is the riches of the world. Why? Because he's the God of this world right now, currently, for a time being. A little G God. You know what I mean? So, something to think about. Next one is James. James 2, 14-26. Faith without works. What does it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yeah, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show, thy, <laughs> I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out in another way. For as a body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. In Romans, it goes into Abraham um, in that situation. And it talks about how our righteousness is determined by our faith. Because if you truly believe God said, you are going to be a business person, you need to start with this. And you don't do it, how is it that you believe him? If you truly believe that God said everything and did everything that's in the scripture, but you do not follow after him, how do you believe? How do you believe? It doesn't make any sense. If God told you that this is where you're going to be right now, but you're right here and you can't even see up here, and you say you believe God, but you're not doing the things he told you to do to get up here. How do you believe? You know what I mean? How do you believe? There, there will be a lot of people that will question you and the God you serve. Because they don't understand the things that God told you to do. And they're going to see the end result. The Bible says that he places the table in front of your enemies, in the presence of your enemies. They will see you prosper. They will see you eat. They will see God's self with you and you him. 
you know, the Bible says that he knocks, he knocks so that he can do that. When we let him into our house, when we let him into our house, we have to clean, you know, we have to get it ready to eat with him. And as we eat with him, we're cleaning, you know, the word is the bread of life. So the more that we eat of him, we will eat with him. You know what I mean? If you don't get it, don't even trip. Like it's 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 a process, you know, it's a process. Um, Matthew 10. Matthew 10, 16, 42. Okay. Sheep among wolves. Be, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware, beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak. For it shall be given you in the same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. And the brother shall deliver you up, the brother to death, and the father the child. And the children shall rise up against the parents and cause them to be put to death. You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another. For verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel to the Son of Man become. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. Is it enough for the disciple that he be as, as his master and the servant as his Lord? If they have called the master of the house visible, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. What ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are all more value, are of more value than many sparrows. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth, but I am come not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life shall for my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth the prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward, and he that receiveth the righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only in my name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, 
he shall in no wise lose his reward. Basically, if you're not willing to die for the gospel, like literally be tortured, be hated, be cut in half, have your children, your, your spouse tortured in front of you for the gospel, if, you will, if you're willing to never denounce Christ, even to those extremes, if you persevere to the end, you will be rewarded. You will be hated in this world because they hated him first. We come in his name. We come in his authority. We come in his word. You know? So it's expected to have perseverance, to have tribulation, to have built up this stamina which is really through the spirit, you know, <laughs> is really through the spirit. If we do not fight flesh and blood, you know, Ephesians 6, we need to put on the whole armor. We need to keep leveling up. We need to thicken our armor. We can't just put on a paper, a cloth, a paper cloth, and say we have the full armor, but it doesn't protect us from anything. The devil comes to penetrate. The word will divide our soul and flesh. The word will divide the righteous and the unjust. The word will divide the godly and the ungodly, the sheep and the wolves. The word of God will judge us and will divide accordingly. And if we truly believe in the word, in the word, then our works will follow. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm saying. Whenever we see someone whenever we hear of a person of god that claims to be in the name of god we have to look at their works because there are many sheep among wolves or wolves among sheep the only way to really tell them apart is by their works is by their fruit matthew 9 35 38 Labors for the harvest. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no much shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. God is looking for people that are willing to truly walk in his sandals, to truly walk after the ways of him, in him, by him. You know, there are many people that are starving. There are many people that know they're spiritual. But they're going into tarot cards, crystals, witchcraft, wicca. They're going into the demonic of the spirit. When Jesus Christ is the only one that can heal. Jesus Christ is the only one that can bring peace. Jesus Christ is the only one that is a good. You know? Matthew 20, 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. 
And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And what? And they went their way. Then he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said unto them, Why stand you there all day idle? And they said unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, and that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his steward, Call the laborers, and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. When they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they suspected, they supposed, that they should have received more, and likewise received a penny, every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good men of the house, saying, These last have wrought for one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne and burdened, borne the burden of the son of the day. And he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didn't thou agree with me for a penny? Take that is thine is. <laughs> Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own? Is thine evil I, because I am good? Is thine I evil, because I am good? So the last shall be first, and the first last, for many be called, but few chosen. We can't, we have to stay so focused on the things that God has given us, and God has promised us, that even when people get blessed around us, we're not we're not worth you know we don't we don't care we're so focused on what god has promised us that that's exactly what we're working to you know i'm gonna try to wrap this up because it's basically a little bit more i think we should go. okay matthew 25 4 but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Pressure, okay. Talking about vineyards. You have a vineyard full of olives, right? You have a vineyard full of olives. In order to produce oil, you have to get the olives and you have to press it out, right? You have to press it out, you have to press it out and then it'll produce oil. You need pressure to produce oil. How are you going to be working in the vineyard and expect to not have pressure applied for you to have the oil to light your lamp? You know what I mean? Yes, God, Jesus is the light of the world and he illuminates through us. But how is that, how are how is our lamp going to ignite without the oil? How is our light going to ignite without the anointing? How is our light going to ignite without the pressure? You know what I mean? It's it's tough. This is why we need our spirit man to be fat. This is why we need our flesh to be on short leash, controlled by the spirit, Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, God. You know? And then 25, 31 through 46. The The separation of sheep and goats. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and therefore him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. 
And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee an hundred and fed, and fed thee, or a hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison and came unto thee? The king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, and to the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For when I was in hunger, and ye gave me no meat, I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in, naked, and ye clothed me not, sick in prison, ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger? or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee. Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, and as much as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. These shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Regardless of our social status or our personal situations, People are people. So created by God for a purpose in God. Right? So the way that we look upon other people and treat other people, we're doing it as if it's Christ. You know, we should go to a point where we don't see color. We don't see gender, we don't see race, we don't see an outward appearance, but we see a spirit. We see a spirit that is hungry, a spirit that is thirsty, in prison, sick. And we approach them to give them the spirit that has healed us and done for us, whatever our testimonies may be. We pour into them as we know the spirit that can only do so. And even in the physical, you know, pouring into someone spiritually often looks physical as well. You give them water, you give them food, you give them a smile, you're kind to them, you talk to them. The more you grow and elevate in Christ, the more sensitive your spirit will become. And the more you will pick up on the things that people are going through. The more people will not understand why you are full of joy the more people will not understand why you are genuinely happy, why you are kind. There's been people, there's been guys that have liked me to the point that they want to marry me because I'm kind to them. That's sad. That's sad. But nevertheless, we should see Christ in people. You know? 
Okay, Peter, first Peter. First Peter five, 10, 11. Yeah. But the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory be Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. There's seasons, you know, there's times where you're going to be, you're going to suffer. You're going to be weak. You're going to be unstable. You're going to be all over the place. And God is going to shake you to the point where even when the heavy wind comes, you barely even move. You know, there's, there's palm trees, super, super tall palm trees that when storms come, they bend, but they do not break. You know, and it's scripture that we're like palm trees. You know, it's scripture that we're like eagles. And eagles look for the storm to fly above it because it glides. doesn't need its force to move its wings. It doesn't need to put in much effort because it just soars through the storm. You know what I mean? So no matter what you're going through right now, it is very temporary, very temporary. And even in that situation, God has purpose in it. You may not know now or today or in a year, but eventually God is going to give you the understanding on why certain things had to happen the way that they did. You're going to realize how it helped you grow spiritually and more in tune with Christ. You know, that's, that's tough. It's tough. But when you come to that surrender and God reveals certain things that, and why you had to go through hurts and pain, it's beautiful. Luke 4, 4. And Jesus answered him saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Bible also says that prayers are weapons. How are we going to know what to pray for if we didn't, if we don't know what God says? You know, sometimes we have to remind God of what He said to make sure He knows that we know what He said. You know, because He knows what He said, but sometimes we don't know what He said. So when we remind God of what He said, He's like, "Okay, chill, chill," but it's. Um, 1 John 1, 7. But if ye walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The closer we get in Christ too, the more we'll see our sin. You know, there's, um, I've mentioned about the household women right now. And there's times where I will say some sick remarks. You know, it'll just, it'll come out and say some sick remarks. And I think about it, I'm like, that was wrong. That was wrong. I need you to clean my heart, Lord. I need you to help me with my heart. Help me with my thinking and treating others. Because I know that they're trying. It's not good enough for me, <laughs> you know, but it's something to God. And I have to acknowledge that. 
because in my flesh, I would have been so ugly to them since the beginning. But because of Christ and my reverence for him and his people, everyone's small slick comment will come out. I don't like it. No, I don't like it. And so something that I ask God for is to help cleanse my heart. No, because everything's a heart issue. Everything's a heart posture. And if we're, everything's from the heart, really. You know, the Bible says that our treasures are stored up in our heart. Out of the abundance of our heart, we speak those treasures in our hearts. You know, many people cannot go two words without cussing. I used to be that person. You know, a lot of people cannot have a conversation with someone else without talking bad about someone else. And I mean, that's what's in their heart. That's currently their treasure. And so blaming Christ is making sure we have proper treasure. Wisdom is gold. You know, godly wisdom. Godly wisdom is gold. The more wisdom we have, the more we'll know that we should season the way we talk to people so we know how to talk to certain people. Now that's scripture. <laughs> that is that's scripture. Okay, so Hebrews. Hebrews 5, 11, 14. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are all dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk becomes for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. For strong meat belongeth to them that are full of that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. What is the same? Just because you've been in church for 20 plus years does does not mean that you are spiritually equipped or advanced to understand the things of the spirit. You know, how is it that you've been a Christian for so long and you haven't told anybody about Christ? How is it that you've been a Christian for so long, but you don't use your gifts for God's glory? How is it that you've been a Christian for so long, but you've never led a soul to Christ? Does it make any sense? No? So it's okay to go back to the basics. God is saying go back to the basics. Just because you've been a Christian your whole life, you don't know anything spiritually, you have to go back to the basics and be a babe. You have to learn with the new believers all over again. So you can know what is good, what is evil. You can build your discernment. You can build your righteousness, your faith. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 6.10 for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, 
in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. No matter what you do, God lives at the posture of our hearts. But no matter what you do, God will reward you for it. If you do nothing in this life and you live for you, you will be rewarded. It may not be rewarded you want, but you will be rewarded. If you live for Christ and you glorify his name and all that you do, you will be rewarded. Hebrews 13, 1 through 3. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Read the up to eight. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetous, covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have the rule over you, who has spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ is seen yesterday and today and forever. The more, this is true, the more you walk in Christ, the more people talk bad about you. But as long as people know that you are in Christ, when they need Christ, they're going to go to you. you know? They're going to go to you. And they'll be the same people that cause you hypocrite. They'll be the same people that drag your knee. They'll be the same people that treated you horrible. They will look to you because of the Christ in you. Some people feel like they're not worthy to build a relationship with Christ themselves on their own. They see what God has done to you in your life. And they know that God hears you. They will ask you to pray for me. Honestly, as a believer, that is the biggest compliment anyone can ask of me to pray for them. You know, to pray for them. And you pray for them and they start crying beautiful because you know you feel God going from you to them and you know that they know God loves them God still loves them and God still wants them to go to him to his bosom you know into, into his chest God says that he holds the right hand and somewhere else in the scripture, he says that he holds the, the world in his right hand. So if you think about it, he has the world in his right hand and he has our right hand in his left. Mm -hmm. God is just so good. That is just so good. How is it that you're a Christian? And nobody knows. <laughs> you know, you're an undercover agent. How is it that you're a Christian and you just want to fit in so bad? No, doesn't make any sense. 
Bible says that we are to be, that we are to be called apart. Bible says that we will stand out. Many will hate us for his name's sake. Bible says that many will not understand us. At the same time, the Bible says that there will be a clear distinction between a lukewarm and a disciple for Christ, a disciple of Christ. You know, so it's it's beautiful to be honest. It's beautiful. It's tough. It's not easy, but it's it's worth it. It is most definitely worth it. All the pain, the tears. It's worth it. It's most definitely worth it. So it's been an hour. I am going to take a shower. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna upload my testimony at the same time i'm also going to upload this to youtube and podcast godly elements um i think god wants me to do the parables i don't know whatever he wants i i really don't know and yeah so milk and honey goodbye you beautiful beautiful people i love you with the love of christ and i'll see you